This is CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon. My name is Sonia Booth. Welcome to the Opinion Booth. Now, I think last week I was watching the South African Music Awards and two ladies were introduced onto the stage to present an award. The one lady had what we refer to as Istunzi in the Zulu language. This refers to a person's presence. There is no ignoring or denying such a presence, the kind that forces you to stop what you are doing and pay attention. She wore this exquisite floor-length dress and a traditional Zulu hat. Is kyolo, is kyolo. Is kyolo, is kyolo. I took a picture of the TV screen. And posted it on all social media platforms and it was obvious from the likes, the retweets and comments that I wasn't the only one mesmerized. She is excellence personified and she is guided by her motto. I'll learn from you, but I'll do it like me. If that isn't chutzpah, then I don't know what is. Notando, Mikogo. Wow. <laughs> What an honor to have you in my studio. I mean, you know, you, you, you remember that story. Don't touch me in my studio. <laughs> I, 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 I repeat, it is an honor to have you in the opinion booth. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for inviting me and for such an amazing Intro <laughs> But you are deserving Thank you, thanks Sonia And I, I, I could see that you were, you were blushing And I, I love that humility <laughs> You know when you, when, you, when, you, when you say such positive things about somebody And they don't take it for granted I, I think that's why I connected with you I mean, okay, I connected with you on my TV screen and, But do you know the kind of presence that you have? Are you aware? Have you been told before? I guess I wouldn't say the presence, but I mean I think people have expressed appreciation of of my presence, and I mean it's always so um, humbling. I think um, you know when people say stuff about you in that way because you know you, it, it just shows that at least maybe some of the impact I'm trying to work on by working on myself and working you know around the people I'm working with um, is is doing something. Um, but yeah, I mean, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's not just about you. It's not about my presence. Perhaps it's, 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 you know, you don't walk alone. So perhaps you're perceiving <laughs> the presence of others around me, you know, um, and that's making the impact. But yeah, thank you. Sure. Okay. I need to, I need to, I need to calm down. <laughs> I need to calm down. I mean, if, if people were to Google you, they would, they, they'd understand why I'm so overly excited. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like gushing. I'm like, I can't believe she's here. I can't believe she's here. Okay. Let me calm down. So I need to start this show mm-hmm. with very pertinent questions. The first one being, have you mastered the Lebanese Dabke dance? That's a very pertinent question. Very, very <laughs> pertinent. Listen, I'm still trying to get the Vosho right, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> so you've made attempts. No, I'm actually working on it, you know, and mm. it's great exercise. But I mean, you speak of the Summer Awards and I was, um, presenting the award with Gabi Sile, um, Chavalale, and she starts talking about Vosho on, I'm like, 
is she trying to say that we must do a voucher now? I was so confused. I was like, oh my gosh, please don't stop, stop right now. Um, yeah, so my dancing skills have never been um, what I'm, I'm known for, but I will master this voucher. And then from there, we can then go, you know, cross the borders overseas and master other dancers. But isn't that dance so like amazing? Unbelievable. I mean, that's a workout on its own. I mean, how the other guy didn't break his kneecaps <laughs> is just yeah. beyond me. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if people are curious as to what we're talking about, there's something called Google. It's called the Lebanese Dabke dance. Dabke I'm pronouncing dance. it properly. Pronou- uh, I hope properly, so. Right? I yeah. think so. So now another pertinent question is your opinion on the Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump's bromance. Uh, you know, uh, very suspect, very very suspect, <laughs> and you know, it's it's it's. You look at the, the at how it's developed and how you know suddenly something amazing is supposed to come out of that. I don't trust anything that um, Donald Trump does, I'm <laughs> and Kim. I mean, as well, you know, both of them. So to, to both of them together, I just I, I worry for us. Um, but you know what? As long as peace prevails and and they and and we don't have a war. Um, which is what the biggest fear was, right? Um, I think that's the best outcome. But I just think it's very tricky. They should be supervised at all times. <laughs> they should be not left unsupervised <laughs> to their own devices, you know. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting times, I think, in world politics. You know, it's very interesting times. Um, and you have, you know, uh, countries like South Africa and other so-called you know, neutral, um, territories, but we are affected and, um, you know, by, by all these events. And it's not only global politics, just general global events. I see it in the space that I'm working in and that we've got so many, um, dynamics and, and, and issues to deal with in our own sectors and spaces and, and in our country. But everything that's happening in Europe, in Asia, in, in the U.S., you know, is affecting us if not today, but tomorrow. So it's it's really important, I suppose, to, to, to keep abreast. And we're not as neutral as I think we would like to think. So as you said, we sh- someone should be keeping a close eye on Very them. close. Because <laughs> we don't know what they're up to. Exactly. Right? So now you landed from Warsaw on the morning of the of the summers. Yeah. And you went straight to Sun City. Yeah, yeah. What a life. Jeez, ask my kids. Hey, they 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 really are, um, you know, bearing the brunt of it all. Um, but yeah, I, I landed from Warsaw that very same morning, um, and literally ten o'clock, picked up my sister, drove down um, to Sun City. I was coming from a meeting, um, a CZAC, um board meeting and, and general assembly. So CZAC is um, the global body that um, con- well, manages the relationships between. Um, Copyright management organizations all over the world, and um, Samro, the organization that I work for, is obviously the public performance copyright organization in South Africa. So, as I was saying, I mean, our music industry has a lot going. Yeah, we've got a lot of social security issues. We've got a lot of issues around um, legislation. There's a new copyright um, bill that's 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 been worked on in Parliament. But even though we've got all these issues, we are still part of a global music um, environment, global music sector. So even though, you know, the, the deals and the, the developments that are happening all over the world might not affect us today, um, it's so important that we keep abreast and we keep, you know, involved and don't clutch out of those negotiate or those, those um, developments simply because of what we're going through today. So, I mean, we went to this General Assembly. Major decisions are made around how rights are managed, around how data, music data is to be managed, um, um, digital service providers. Um, 
you know, um, internet services that provide music um, and, and, and charge, uh, you know, users for that. I mean, those are, those are areas that have to be regulated and we, um, as corporate management organizations, have to manage the royalties for our musicians. So even though we are dealing with a lot of political, socio-political, socio-economic issues around the music industry in South Africa, it's so important that we understand what is happening because, you know, as, as, as data prices fall, more and more people are, you know, accessing music online. We have to have the infrastructure to deal with that and know what the trends are. You, you, you're in a, a massive industry, very competitive um, industry. As CEO of Samro, who do you represent and how can one become a member? What is it all about? Right. Um, <clears throat> so if you look at the music industry, it's an entire ecosystem. Exactly as you've said, it's a huge, huge, huge industry. Um, at the very beginning, you have the person who composes the song. That person is a composer and author. They then usually get a publisher on board who helps them literally publish their music, spread it around. And then later on downstream, that song is then recorded in a studio and a second um, copyright is created with the with the record label, etc. Samro deals with that initial right that the composer gets when he composes his song. So our members are those composers and their publishers who may represent them. We don't deal with the downstream activities of record uh, labels, studios and the rights there. Um, so we, we license the public performance of those compositions. So whether it's on radios, whether it's, um, live venues, you know, any type of broadcaster, even, um, for digital streaming services, um, we work at licensing at, at those, those, those services as well. Um, so those who are, those are our members. On the other side, we've got clients who are the licensees. So those are also an important stakeholder. Those are your broadcasters, your live venues, promoters, etc. To become a member, you go into our website, www.samroad.org.za, um, and we've got application forms there. Okay. So, I mean, so you, 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 you're dealing with, for example, as a, as a songwriter, do you deal with me? Does it start with me? Yes. That process? Starts with you. So as the songwriter, um, so when I use the words composer, author, songwriter, sort of use them interchangeably, but because they are the people who create the initial primary work. Yes. Which is that composition. We deal with you. You join up with Samro. We, um, I mean, our job, which is, which is, there's a lot of confusion about what, who does what in the music industry. Our job is not to, um, promote your music. Our job is not to make sure that you get gigs. Our job is, is simply to collect the royalties for those, from those, um, services or broadcasters when your song is played. So if your song is played, that licensee, that broadcaster should report to us, pay us, and then we pay, pay it on to you. I mean, how do you keep track in, in terms of airplay? How do you keep track of all the taverns, shabins, clubs, yeah. nightclubs? Lounges and all of that. It is so hectic. So, I mean, and there's different categories of license. So you've got your mega users of music. So those are your, you know, your broadcasters. They use, you know, music radio stations or television. So we enter into a blanket license with them. It's an annual license fee. And as part of that agreement, they're obliged to report to us exactly what they have played. So they literally have to play. We played Msaki's song six times on this day, seven times on that day, etc. We then get all those different reports. Divide the different instances of, of music played into the pot of money, the license fee that we received and pay, um, 
per unit, according according to that. But when it comes to the taverns, your hair salons, your coffee shops, it's very, very difficult to get um, reporting from there because, I mean, to, reporting requires infrastructure. You have to be able to track your music. So currently what happens is that um, those smaller users, we would then take whatever license fee they, they have played because most of the time they are playing radio, radio stations, and we apportion that their license fee into the bigger music uh, royalty distribution where we have got um, reporting. What we are working on now, and this is one of the things that we're lobbying Parliament a lot as they're looking at the new copyright bill, is that we need to make reporting mandatory. Like, absolutely everyone who plays music has to report. But we also coming to the to the party and coming to the table and saying, okay, we will also... Um, get monitoring services. So you have monitoring services that literally almost like Shazam, where they just listen to the airwaves, they listen to what you're playing and then produce reports. Um, obviously that's an additional cost that we have to, um, look into, but it's, it's, it's worth it if we, at least we can make accurate distributions because if your song is, you know, loved in a particular town, you, you know, you haven't made it nationally as a composer, but, on your, but your song is popular in your hometown. And the guys who are, you know, the, the coffee shops there or even the local community broadcaster, community radio station plays your music. If we, if we are not able to get that report, which means you'll never get paid if we keep paying on, on, you know, the major, um, distribution lines. So we are coming to the party with, and, and procuring, um, uh, radio monitoring services, broadcast monitoring services to make sure that we get accurate reports. And we're currently piloting one of those services now, but that is one of the major admin Hassles um, and challenges that all organizations like Samro face. And I mean, we can't talk about piracy, licensing, and all that you've uh, already um, enlightened us on without talking about piracy. Yeah, yeah. Piracy is big. <laughs> piracy is a very big problem. It remains a big problem. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, the big issue with piracy, um, which is it's still there, were the CDs, you know, fake, fake CDs. Now, you know, the big issue is online piracy. So I always ask people, I mean, even when I'm interviewing, I don't care who I'm interviewing for a job. If it's a secretary, it doesn't matter. I always ask, how do you consume your music and where do you get your music from? So many people still get their music online, but from illegal sites. And that is one of the biggest challenges as well, because as we move away from physical product, from CDs and, and, and that, most musicians, whether it's composers or artists, are, are looking to digital to to save the day to online online music services. And if you look um, overseas, and which is why I'm saying it's important to keep abreast of what's happening overseas, that's where most people are getting their revenue from. So if we are not ensuring that we're using licensed services, which means people, your music, you're popular, people love your music, but you're not getting paid. So um, it's, it's enforcement has shown to be, a, a, you know, to be a very difficult way of managing the piracy issue. When I say enforcement, sort of like catch you, you know, put you in jail. If the copyright framework doesn't even have, the copyright legislation doesn't even have enough teeth in that way. So it's a lot, all about educating. It's all about um, making people understand that it's really the right thing to do. Because if you want people to carry on making music, you have to make sure that they're remunerated because otherwise people are just going to go and get a job because you know, you can't, you can't eat fame, you know, and that's one of the biggest things that, you know, musicians learn the hard way. You can't eat fame. You'll be famous, but if you're not, if you don't have the right contracts, if you don't have the right um, legislation in a country, if you're not in the right deals, you'll just be famous, but you won't be putting food on the table. And people have learned that the very hard way. I'm glad you mentioned that because we often hear of uh, best-selling artists who get a pauper's burial. Yeah. I mean, 
whose responsibility is it? I mean, for financial education, do you do you try your best to get them in contact with somebody that can help them? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, that also helps uh, what you do as the CEO. Mm-hmm. You've got a responsibility, and I'm going to uh, ask you later about the Summer Foundation and what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, do, do you find in in the years or in in the time that you've been there, is is it the representatives or the management that that it might just be exploiting exploiting them if if they don't know what they even signed up for yeah and i i mean if we if we take if we go back to that example i was giving you from the very beginning the va- of the value chain where you have the composer and then he gets into a, a, an agreement with the publisher there there's a there's a, a possible rights transfer or that kind of thing there's a potential for that to be an exploitative um, contract. Further on, then he goes into studio. He wants to go into studio and record the album. He gets into a deal with a record label. There again, you, the potential of getting into an agreement that you, that that is not to your benefit. You get an, you get a manager. You get a PR. There's so many. Everyone wants a piece of the pie. So, as 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 that as the creative at the center. Yes, everyone has a role to play, but ultimately. It is your responsibility to make sure that you understand. Now, I understand that a lot of people come in, they've got, uh, they, they ta- they've got these talents, um, and they don't have that education around them. And yes, SAMRO is committed. I mean, we have workshops and many organizations have workshops, um, that we work with, but it's, it's, you know what? It's clearly not enough. It's clearly not enough. And what happens is that by the time you're going to workshops as a creative, you know, you're further down, you've already signed that initial agreement. And that, that agreement could be binding you for, in perpetuity, um, and giving you a percentage of what you think your rights are. So your rights, you know, are slashed, um, and, you, and you're not getting the royalties that you think you should be getting because now a piece is going to your publisher, a piece is going to your manager for the record label. If you got into a bad deal, the record label is getting into, you know, is getting a, a lion's share of your revenue and you find yourself in a situation where you're just owing a lot of money. And that's what happens to a lot of, um, um, creatives, unfortunately, is that they get into very, very, um, bad contractual arrangements. And, and by the time it gets to organizations like Samro or Capasso, which, you know, works in, with sim, in a similar way as us or Sampra, people are saying, but I know I sold so much. I know my music is playing so much. How, how come I'm only getting this much of royalties? And then they re- we go back to their source documents because you signed away a lot of things um, and you didn't know. So, I mean, personally, even beyond, um, you know, my, my role at Samro, personally as a person who works in this industry um, and who has it, my background is legal. I really, really want to give back in terms of education around contractual arrangements in the music industry. Um, but the the... The, and, and government also has a, you know, the Department of Arts and Culture also has a role to play in terms of educating and empowering. But ultimately, ultimately, the the the, the creative, you know, whether it's composer artist, needs to look out for themselves. They need to understand that it's a very very tough industry. It's a very ruthless industry. You have to stay woke and you have to try and get yourself educated. If you don't have the knowledge, find someone who has, you know. We need and and ask organizations like Samro to 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 point you in the right direction. But people sometimes don't want to expose themselves that they don't know, they don't understand. But we are on a major education drive. Um, it's become very clear that we can't we can't just carry on. Each um, subsector within the industry needs to take the responsibility from government to Samro to fora, different forums. Everyone needs to to play a role and 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 give and empower you know the creatives as much as possible. But unfortunately, the buck stops with. With you, the absolutely, composer. absolutely, yeah. and I mean another thing that I'm sure you that gives you sleepless nights or he- headaches almost daily. Yeah. 
song theft complaints? I mean, is it a tedious task to unravel? Do you get involved? Um, well, we have to. So what happens is someone will notify us and say, this is my song. These are the splits. I own the song 100% or whatever percentage. Then, So Sonia will go and do that. And then Notando comes and says, actually, that song, I, I did write, you know, X amount you know, of the words or the lyrics or the music. So I also own it. So what happens is then we, we, Samro has to lock the distribution on that song. We're not going to distribute to anyone because now it's in dispute. So we have to get involved in that way. We do have a an internal dispute resolution process. Um, where that fails though, then we leave it to the, the composers or the publishers who are involved to, to go, you know, they'd have to follow the legal processes themselves, um, which is not great because obviously legal recourse is, you know, is, is, is expensive. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the remedy to that really is, and this is where it goes back to you as the creative, the buck stops with you. When you go into studio, when you get into a collaborative, um, song making situation with another writer, as you finished right there and then, before you leave that studio or before you leave that session, always have what we call a split sheet. In that, it's a one-page document that says, okay, these are the people who are involved in writing this song. This this person did this much, this person did this much, so therefore... I own 20% of the song, you own 70% of the song, and someone else owns 10% of the song, whatever it is. But you need to agree at that point because once you're trying to agree when royal, when the song is now a hit, it's too late. So, I mean, to answer your question in short, yes, the disputes happen and they happen often. Only way to solve it, at the time that you write the song, at the time that people get involved, agree and sign and say, this is how we're going to get royalties from this, from this song. And many artists out there, I mean, think it's just a matter of getting a song from a, fr- a songwriter or sitting down writing a song. I go into the studio and I release a song and I go and do concerts and then money's going to flow in. Yeah. Right? That's they think it. it's just as easy as that. They think it's just as easy as that. But there's the, the business of music is, is, is what really makes the industry go around. So if you want to get into this game, you need to understand that there's the creative aspect, which is what you're really good at, um, but there's the business aspect. And if you're not good in the, in the business aspect, you need to find out about who can help you with that and get surround yourself with the right kind of people because you, otherwise it's, it's, it's a recipe for a very sad ending. Absolutely. Yeah. So now you you also a, a board member of Samro Foundation. Yeah. What 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 does it seek to do? Samro Foundation seeks really to implement the the CSI objectives of Samro. Um, so in the past, the focus has been on music education for the most part and just promoting music excellence. We are trying to um, develop that focus to also looking at what what are our our, our, corp- our social responsibilities as Samro you know who are our members and what do they need from us over and be- over and above us being administrators of their royalties um, so we have for example now um, coming shortly we 've got an overseas um, scholarship. Uh, it's an annual event that we have where we, in different categories, so this year I think it's the vocal um, category, um, where the best, um, you know, uh, contestant wins a, a bursary for postgraduate um, um, study overseas. But, you know, we're, we're trying to open, so the, originally the, or traditionally the, the categories are classical music um, and, and jazz. Um, those are the two co- categories. But because we want to, Better serve our members, you know, and, 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 
enable more of our members to get involved in these kind of programs. We're looking at in, um, bringing in indigenous African music categories as well. Um, and, and not, and let's not limit, let's decolonize the, the, the award. Let's not say, um, overseas study, um, you know, scholarship only because maybe, you know, the, the winner doesn't want to go overseas and study. Um, he wants, they want to, you know, have pupillage or, or, or shadow a, a really, really amazing indigenous music artist in South Africa. So this is how we try, as Samra, we're trying to move beyond, um, what we've always traditionally done so that we, we better serve our members and the, and the, and the, and the communities that enable Samro to exist. So now you, you are corporate and entertainment law practitioner. Yeah. So that makes you the perfect candidate to explain the following as if you are explaining it to a fifth grader. Okay. And if you're able to paint a picture as to all of the processes, but incorporating all these terms, which is your scope of work. Right. Copyright, licensing, royalties, public domain, DP. Because I read an article from a Sunday newspaper that somebody thought DP is a human being. Right. Right. Okay. So we said copyright, licensing, royalties, DP, and public domain. Public domain. Okay. Which, which actually is the same thing as DP. Um, public domain and DP is the same thing. Is the same thing. So DP is, um, the acronym for domain publis or something, which is the French word for public domain. Okay. So. So let's start. Okay, what is copyright? So copyright is when you create a work, a musical work, you immediately are given a monopoly on that work. Essentially, it is your work. You have it's your property, right? You've created it and it's your property. However, copyright is not forever and ever and ever. Amen. Copyright will subsist or will exist um, for your lifetime plus fifty years. Right. So you write a song today, you'll you will own it. You'll have the copyright until your death plus another 50 years. So for those 50 years, if that song is getting royalties, it'll go to your estate, to your beneficiaries. After 50 years, so 50 years plus one day, the song then goes into the public domain. Your monopoly on that song ends. The song now uh, belongs to the public for the public benefit, for the public good, because the rationale is that. We want to give you a limited monopoly, but ultimately, as the as the human species, everything that we do should be, actually be done for the greater good. So they try to find a balance. We'll give you your private monopoly for this part of time, but after that, the song will be can, can and will be used by the public for the public good. Coming to what then happens is, um, and in this coming to the story that you were talking about, is that people then make arrangements of songs that are in public domain. So if you have a song and it's in copyright, so you're still alive, you write a song, I can come and ask you to make an arrangement of that song. So I rearrange it and then there's a new song now. You will own the bulk even of the copyright of the new song because I've only put in a certain amount of work to make it, you know, re- rearrange it slightly. So chances are, you know, the, the, the lyrics will still be the same. Um, the melody will be the same, but I've just rearranged a few things. So in the new song, I will own X percent and you will own the balance, which is the bulk. What happens then if I want to rearrange a song that is in the public domain? There isn't that the copy. There isn't any copyright in the original anymore, right? Because it's fifty. It's over fifty years since the last the person, the composer died. Current. What Samra was doing historically was that the the arranger, the new per, the new person would only receive sixteen point seven percent of the new arrangement. The balance of it, which would have gone to the you as the original composer, if you were there, but you're not there because it's in the public domain, 
is then just left in the pot for redistribution by SAMRO to everyone. As I said, it's for the public good. Everyone in SAMRO would have then um, received that, 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 what would have been that 83%. So the issue around here, around that article was that, but surely if there isn't any copyright holder in the original, the, the arranger should get 100% of the, of the new arrangement as opposed to only the arranger's portion. Hmm. And, and that's where we are. That's the discussion we're having with our members. And we're saying, if you believe that, um, you know, and we need to test this legally as well. But if you believe that the arranger, where the where the original song is a, is, is in the public domain, should get a hundred percent in the new arrangement, that's a, a it's a rule that we can change and we can do that. Or if it should be fifty percent, or should be, what what is the percentage? Because the, the rationale behind the sixteen point seven percent is this: is that a song, a composition, is divided into three. It is the lyrics, it is the uh, melody, and it is the composition. 33.3, The composition is further divided into um, structure and arrangement, which is 16.7% and 16.7%, which makes that 33%. And so the, the rationale was that when you're making an arrangement, all you're changing is the 16.7%. So that's, that's the only royalty percentage you should get in the new thing. Yes. Um, which is fine where there's an original, but they're saying, well, where there isn't, where there is no copyright in the original, why don't you just give them a hundred percent? And that is, that is that question. That is that article. That's what it's all about. And we're currently going through membership rule discussions and we're putting it to the members because remember, Samro is an, is a non-profit, is a non-profit company. Oh, okay. I didn't we, know that. Yeah. Non-profit company. We, we, um, have, um, members. Um, and currently we've got about 16,000 members and ultimately they need to determine the rules. Um, so if that is the rule that they would like to make, um, I think it's, it's, it's definitely then, then that's what we'll implement. You know, so we've got a, um, a general meeting coming up in July next month, an um, extraordinary general meeting to specifically discuss that and say what should the percentage on this on this be? Because here and this is the socio political aspect of it. A lot of the songs that are arranged that are in the public domain are either you know old gospel songs. Um, or indigenous, your traditional indigenous music songs, you know, songs that we grew up with that were not written by anyone. It was passed down from my grandmother, my grandmother, da, 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 to me. So it affects by, in, in, not only, but it affects a lot of black composers because those are, those are a lot of, it's a lot of black composers who'd be arranging, rearranging those songs that they grew up with, that they knew from, you know, from back in the day that don't have copyright. So that is why it's, it, it is important. It, it, you know, it may not be an illegal thing to be doing, but it's, um, you know, we look at the unintended consequence that it's affecting a lot of black composers. And that's why we've said as the executive that, look, if the members are keen for this, then let's do it. It's important that we, 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 we make sure that SAMRO serves its members the way, the best way that it should be. It can. You, I'm sure you know I was stalking you, right? On social media. <laughs> Twitter being one of them. And I came across a, a, a very interesting article that you retweeted regarding the late Mama Miriam Makeba. Yeah. How is it possible that an individual such as Graham Gil Fillin yes. would own intellectual property to her music and only recently did the rights yeah. to that IP be handed over to the grandchildren? So remember I spoke about contracts. Yes. We enter into contracts all the time. Yeah. So my understanding, and I'm not a guru on this case, but my understanding is that before um, she passed away or some time before she passed away, she entered into um, a contract um, with Mr. Gilfillan in terms of which um, she she 
put him as the executor of her estate should she pass away. Um, and I think really gave him power of attorney. Um, her entire estate, not just musical intellectual property. Or maybe her music estate. Um, I'm not too sure of the exact details, but yeah. I mean, I know definitely the musical, the, the estate in this, insofar as it, it, it pertains to music, but I think possibly her entire estate. I'm not sure. Um, and, and he would, he was, then he had that, those rights. Now, um, Mama Magera's grandchildren, I think, um, or and children were then disputing this and, and disputing the validity of that. Of that um, of that contract, and so ultimately, all this time it has been, I, I suppose, a back and forth around how valid was that? Because I, I mean, the understandings that they, they, you know, people have said that well, that wasn't at the end of her life; that was not what she wanted anymore, etc. And I, I mean, I've not, I've not had sight of these of these court documents, but they they then won the case now to say no, um, the, the the state or the music should actually. Go to her heirs. They should be the ones to 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 administer it. So that's my understanding of 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 of, of those facts. I mean, I, I stand corrected with some of the detail, but ultimately it goes back to what I was saying about a musicians understanding the contracts and the ramifications and consequences of the contracts that they enter into. Because once you sign that, I mean, you you read you know contracts that say, "I hereby assign all my rights in perpetuity in the world to my." You know, whether it's my, my advisor, my whoever. And, and that's it. You compose until, you know, the, your dying day, but you realize that your, your works don't belong to you or your estate. You've signed them away. And these, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a lawyer and I get, I get, you know, it's daunting to read a 30 page contract and I'm, le- I'm trained to do it. What more someone who's not trained to do it, um, to, to read those kind of documents. And I think that's where a lot of things, Go pear shaped. And then it doesn't help that you use all these Latin terms. Is it really just to confuse the person who's supposed to sign? <laughs> and the reason it's 30 pages is so that I read the first paragraph and I'm like, I see. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put my signature there. Yeah. Now yeah. I think, I think this Latin, the use of the Latin language needs to be <laughs> real. You know, have a contract in Zulu. Do something, you know what I mean? Something in there. Exactly. But I mean, and, and, and I think it's, it's, you know that now we go into history, the history of our, our, you know, our country and everything, and how our judicial system, our legal system, is so rooted in, um, so in Roman law, ancient Roman law, then you know, in the, in the English judicial system. Um, so we've got a lot of things that we've imported and developed, and you know, it's 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 so difficult to just walk away from from those kind of things. But I think you know, I look at different different areas of law, different um, principles are, are being developed that are pretty um, local, you know, locally based. Um, our common law is developing. So hopefully making it a bit more <laughs> contextual for us. But it's it's the history. And I mean, accommodating. And accommodating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need, to dis- we need to demystify a lot of things. Absolutely. So now something very touchy. There's been calls for a ban on R. Kelly's music. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown allegedly hit Rihanna. And I use allegedly, allegedly for a reason. I don't want to get a lawsuit. Jup mm. Jup was incarcerated for murder. Okay, Malum Kulket was convicted for rape mm. in a different country. Mm. Briggs has been convicted for rape, even though he's appealing that. What is your opinion on these? And are these local artists members of Samra? 
<laughs> I'm sure they're members of Samro. I mean, I haven't, I, you know, I didn't, but they they would be members of Samro. Um, and um, okay, that's a, let me let me backtrack. Let me start with what do I think of this? Are they members? Yes. Um, what is my view? Look, you know, the music, and this has been very topical, even in the m- music industry of late, um, about just you know women and and how. Our, how we are so compromised within, I mean, obviously within society in general, but in the music industry particularly, it's a very, very, very tough industry for, for women to survive in. Um, you know, it's, it's horrific what, what, what ladies are forced to do for gigs, what they're forced to do for contracts, what they're forced to do for, for anything. I mean, it's, this, it's, it's, it's a microcosm of the bigger issue, the bigger problem in society. Um, and, and obviously as the, First female CEO of Samro. This is a very, very big responsibility. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very much, um, you know, feminist in my views, and and I feel very, very strong. I mean, RKDGs. I, I stopped listening to RKD years ago. I mean, it will be in the club, and they'll play his songs, and I would just literally not be able to, you know. But that's not enough, you know. It's it's about what do we do in a structural way um, to 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 help women in in each of our spaces. So, I mean, that's one of the things we are looking at and, and, and one of my private uh, or personal projects that I'm trying to champion within Samro and within the industry is to say, how are we as women um, who who do have some access and some influence going to put structures in place to help young girls as they enter this industry to, to, to avoid them being exploited, to make sure that they're, they're empowered about all the different business aspects of their of their, of their um of their work, um, and and how do we give them a voice? How do we give them the voice? Because the entertainment and the sector, and, and, and you know, generally, so um, the compliance and the structure is, is lacking so much. So this kind of cancer just like spreads, you know, like wildfire. Um, and and I can tell you now, I mean, as as a woman in a very very male dominated industry, I mean, it's and and when I talk, when I say the industry, I mean the business side of the industry. There are not that ma- as many women as we should be. It's very very difficult. It's tough going to office and having to deal with the issues that you're dealing with, but you're also dealing with, you know, severe misogyny, a lot of patriarchy, and just a lot of um, complete disdain. You know that attitude of but. What do you know? You know, we, we've been in this game. We, my daughter Tina. You know, it's really, really tough. Um, so, without going into the, each of the specific um, um, instances, I mean, our membership code um, does not talk to does not talk to conduct in that way. Um, but it's funny that you bring it up because we've had a couple of very, very, very difficult meetings um, at Samro um, membership meetings where. They were really abusive. I mean, there was an article um, in 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 one of the in the same Sunday newspaper you mentioned earlier, where they actually, you know, gave a blow by blow of of, of literally the violence that happened at our meeting. Um, and I mean, in that meeting, you have you know clearly um, you know violent attitudes, um, particularly you know to me as a woman, um, and just it's the, the the testosterone in there is so can be so toxic. Um, so, you know, something needs to happen. Something, just like something needs to happen in our country, something needs to happen in our community, something needs to happen in this industry to, to give women, you know, a safer platform, um, in which to, to exist and to flourish. 
Yeah, because I mean, you 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 do have a you have a massive responsibility. I mean, as CEO, like you said, you 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 you're a feminist, and I mean, kudos to the decision makers that put you in place because the industry that you're in, as we all know, is male dominated. I mean, we just a couple of weeks ago, the the conversations and the training topic was uh, on Mampincha allegedly yeah. breaking Babes Odumo's uh, leg. Yeah. Um, a case is still ongoing between Athama Fukate and yeah. Sisi whereby allegedly he assaulted her and she broke her pelvis. Yeah. Good yeah. luck to you. <laughs> Good luck to us. Good luck to us. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I need all the, 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 the support that I and can. And prayers. Yeah. And a miracle. Yeah. Because yeah. honestly, like you said, it's toxic. And it's 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 at a point where it, it, it's actually exhausting. Because just when you think lessons are learned, yeah. our men will learn. Yeah. Something else comes up. Something else comes up. And that's why, I mean, it's, you know, I've got a, an 11-year-old son. And I think really... That's not to say that people can't change when they're older. Um, you know, people can change if they want to change. But I think the best place to start is in the way we raise our sons. Absolutely. You know, it's not only about raising our daughters to be safe and raising our daughters. I mean, I've got a 15-year-old daughter and I've got, you know, 11 years old. You know, it's one thing for me to teach my daughter, be safe. Don't do this. Don't do this. Be careful. I need to be teaching my son to not be a predator. Absolutely. To not be, you a know. A monster. And not be a monster and not be a threat, um, you know, in society. And it's... We, 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 our, 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 we've got such a violent history, you know, and it's in our cellular memory. I, I, I guess. I mean, one tries to make sense of it, right? Um, that we have to start recoding the genetic makeup of our, of our boys. I, I like that. Yeah. I like what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping <laughs> to, to genetically modify human beings. Yeah. I mean, we're eating animals and products that Ugh. are de- genetically modified. So <laughs> I'm sure somebody can do the same with human beings, yeah. right? So now <laughs> your, your, your passion for the arts and culture is evident. And I want to move to your other areas of interests. Okay. So where human rights is concerned, in your opinion, is enough being done to address slavery in Libya? I mean, you know, when you, when you just, the fact that there is still slavery in 2018, know, in 2018, but not even just in that little pockets, like you've got full on slave trades. Um, no, I mean, the answer is, has to be a straight up no, because as long as it's still there, that isn't, there's not enough being done. Um, but you know, the, the instability and I, you know, I've learned over time in terms of when I comment about, you know, Issues that are over there, you know, one can look at it. It seems very one-dimensional. Um, clearly, the, the, the like the destabilization of that of that territory that happened with you know the removal of Gaddafi, I think, just allowed so many things to 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 flourish. I'm sure it was there was something there was already some slavery happening, and I don't think it like was born immediately after. But the the, the lack of rule of law and you know and and just um, the different uh, interests that are that are have 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 planted themselves there just makes this grow, just make allows this to grow, and it's not only in Libya, you know. Um, it's 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 unforgivable. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking actually what is happening. It's heartbreaking that you know this continent is still you know bleeding as much as it it, it is. You know, um, it's slavery there. It's just like a, a, a complete. You know, breakdown of social structures in other countries, the, the deep political, um, oppression in other countries. 
it's like, geez, when is Africa going to get a break? You know, it's, it's, I mean, just the continent is, is such a, I'm so passionate about it and, and, and the people and Africans and, and how are we going to get onto our feet? Um, you know, and so I, I think as Africans and whether it's the AU, I mean, I don't know, you know, when you start talking about the African Union, you need a, you need a drink, you know, to, <laughs> to talk about. But I feel that they could be doing more. But I don't know. I don't know what you know the constraints are. But I, I, I don't believe with an African Union that has a pan-Africanist or pan-African um, view and mandate, how this can still be happening. It should just literally be no. But wars are still happening. Civil wars. I mean, how long was the the war in DRC? You know, it, it's, it's why does it carry on? I, I don't know. Greed, corruption, um, and this. Um, I don't know what this cancer is that we. As Africans are, are fighting, you know, and we've been fighting it, so I, it's a lot. It's a, you can tell that this is. A, I, I agree with you. When you say when you discuss certain things, you you really need a strong drink by yeah. your, by your by your side, you know. And you can't discuss them at surface level. There's so many layers. Absolutely. There's so many layers. So I'm always, you know, hesitant to sort of give a a, a, a blanket this, you know, uh, statement about certain things because these things are so layered and so many people are so invested in, 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 in the slave trade carrying on or, you know, um, civil wars carrying on. It's, yeah, it's not, it, it, it's, it's heartbreaking. The other day you tweeted, feeling blessed to be raising my kids with a solid, present father. He just talked me off <laughs> the ledge and grounded me. Co-parenting isn't easy. Raising teenagers is not easy. Who said it was going to be easy? I love your honesty. Yeah. It's, it's refreshing. Because people out there make parenting seem like a playground, but I find it refreshing. Somebody like, like you, I mean, you hold one of the most powerful positions in a corporate environment. And here you are putting your heart out there and saying, you know, it's not easy to raise teenagers. Yeah. I mean, you, okay, you're practically, you only have one teenager, your 15 year old boy. I also have a teenager who's 13, taller than me, but ah. it's not easy raising men. I'm raising two men, two yeah. boys who are going to become men. Yeah. Yeah. So now, obviously, Sunday is Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, and I know you have a very close relationship with your dad. Yeah. yeah. So, do you agree with the notion that you should spoil your father and your kids should spoil their father? Or do you agree on rather bringing them all together under one roof and have a bri? Whose responsibility is it to spoil one's father? It's, it's the, the child. So I, 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 I will spoil my dad. Okay. Yeah. We'll need to organize with the siblings and like, what are we doing here? Um, spoil my dad and, and, Empower and enable my kids to spoil their dad, but uh-huh. yeah. So we yeah. So they'll 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 spend you know the day with their father. Okay. Um, and you go and be with your dad. I'll be with my dad. I'll be with my dad. And if they're too young to spoil their father, whose responsibility is it to spoil the father this coming Sunday? So that's why I'm saying you must empower and enable. So and if they're not empowered and enabled <laughs> to spoil, then you you have to get involved. But I mean, it's it's kind of. 
you know, then relationship dynamics come into play and all of that. And um, but I mean, if you care about that father, then you you you'd, you'd help make his day special as well. But the priority is your dad, my dad. Um, and and I mean, a lot of people, and and also not only like biological father, right? I think um, we have a lot of father figures, absolutely. Um, you know, who, for example, like my brother. I've got a, um, a brother and a, a cousin of mine um, who's like my brother as well, who are helping me raise my kids as well, insofar as their father is a very present dad. They're great father figures. So for me, Father's Day is theirs as well, you know, in, not only for their kids, but even for my kids. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, fatherhood is beyond the biology, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mentioned this because I remember Mother's Day was just a month ago, right? Mm. And I remember years ago, I mean, I, I always used to look forward to Mother's Day, you know, thinking I'm going to have breakfast in bed mm-hmm. and I'm going to get spoiled. I'm going to get booked into the spa for the whole day, flowers, chocolates and all mm. of that. And my husband mentioned something which was... Very controversial by him at the time And I was not amused I was not happy I was grumpy all day But in all honesty All he said to me was that How about I spoil my mother mm-hmm. And let uh, allow your sons to spoil you as their mother So now you, you can understand <laughs> how angry I was Because his mum is in Cape Town Right. Uh-huh. So luckily for me that the, his mom was in Cape Town because then it meant that he 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 was not. You were stuck with you. <laughs> exactly. You know, he 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 was forced to do something mm. for me on behalf of the kids. But yeah, that's the reason why that question came up yeah, because well. you've got duties this coming Sunday. <laughs> no, I mean I will. That's why I, I will empower and enable the kids to do. So whatever, if it means you know. Getting a gift if, they, if that's what they want to do I'll encourage them Guys you should do something For your dad What do you want to do Do you need to buy something Do you want to get something I'll then I'll empower them And you know Help them go shopping for him Or whatever it is um, But I mean your, your spouse though Must also thank you For being a great mother about giving birth, you know, so it's there's that as well. <laughs> this is very controversial. You should have warned me before getting <laughs> that. As I said, it was controversial. I mean, I was grumpy all day, all month, you know, and I and I threatened not to cook for a month or a year, but um, I continued anyway. Notando, I speak for many South Africans when I say "siyibona imisebenziyako." It was a Continue to make us proud. Continue to excel. You have no idea the impact that you have, not only to a girl child, but I look at you as a grown woman and I marvel and I admire what you've achieved, not only for yourself, but as a legacy for your kids. I say all this because often we celebrate people posthumously, which should not be. So just know that there are people out there who appreciate you. I sent you those screenshots from the people that love you. And you've seen on social media that there's a lot of love out there for you and people respect you. As I said earlier, honest tunes, your, your presence is unreal. Thank you so much. Like, wow. Wow. You've just filled my heart. Like genuinely, genuinely. Thank you. You're yeah, an amazing well. human being. Don't tire. Yeah. Don't tire. As we say. It's amazing. It's as if you you knew I needed to hear those words because it gets tough. It gets rough. I can imagine, especially in your industry, (laughs) especially as a parent. Yeah, it gets tough. So I just, yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. And and it, you know, gives me energy, gives me strength to go back and carry on and do the things. Okay, I'm going to try not to spoil my mascara now. (laughs) 
Thank you are amazing. You. Thank you so much for honoring the invite. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. Thank you for the lovely gifts. Um, you guys need to get Sonia's books. She just gave me, um, her two books signed, autographed. Of course. Yeah, well, thank you. Of course. <laughs> oh, they have to be autographed. I mean, yes. I, mean I, I mean, it's you here. I mean, we, we, we have, we have royal blood <laughs> in here. My humble opinion is not really an opinion. It's in the words of Barbara Jordan. Do not call for black power or green power. Call for brain power. Aspire to inspire before you expire. Mm. This is CliffCentral.com.